All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Daily Faceoff podcast comes to you courtesy of the Nation Network. The first overall pick in the 2015 NHL Draft. Gretzky had it, lost it, Eisenman picks it up. Face-off. The Daily Face-Off. The Daily Face-Off podcast with your host, Brock Sagan. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Season 4, Episode 23 of the Daily Face-Off podcast. I'm your host, Brock Segan. With me, as always, we've got Michael Biebs Bondy. How's it going, Biebs? Good. It's always my favorite episode when we reach 23 on the season because of the Miley Cyrus song, um, <laughs> named after Michael Jordan. But I'm doing good. <laughs> doing great. What is that song? 23. Oh, the Jays on my In feet? The club. Right. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Anyways, I'm too old to know this that song. Yeah, Brock so didn't know what sicko mode was like a week ago. Yeah, so. dude, legit never yeah. heard of it in my life. I had to break that one to him. Is no so it is. Yeah. And uh, we got Dylan D. Bertham here as well. How's it going, D? Oh, yeah. Just kidding. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's doing good and he knows music. So There you go. Well, yeah, you know what? Honestly, like I... Uh, I know a little bit about music, but I don't listen to rap anymore. And then Sickle Boy, I legit had never heard of it. Brock then, moved out to the county and just lost all rap stations, apparently. Yeah. And now no, I just, like, I don't, 
I like it's not even like I jammed a country or anything like that either. I just don't listen to rap just anymore. hockey only. Only yeah, listens just, to our podcast on repeat. Just our podcast hits his ears. Like, and David ah, Chuck, and David Chuck the freak like all day. No, a good shout out. Good wins are alert right there. Yeah, I usually tweet out like once a year. Like if you aren't listening to David Chuck the freak podcast, like you're doing it all wrong. But um, not to pump its tires or listen to it every day. But that's oh yeah, it's know. it's legit the best. Yeah. It's so fun. Uh, best way to start your morning off. So if you're not listening to our podcast, once you're done our podcast, yeah. once you get your one one hour weekend, yeah, fire over David Jack the Freak legit every morning. You'll love it. Uh, yeah, good shout out for that. Windsor yeah. Alert as well. Uh, but yeah, let's get right into it. We got the DFO Stars of the Week uh, as usual. So uh, Beebs, we'll go to you to to start here. The Beeb Star of the Week. Who you got? I'm just absolutely flexing my fantasy muscles right now and um, my suggestion muscles. I had to go with this guy. My Beeb Star of the Week coming from Chicago. Dylan Strom mentioned him as a pickup option last week. He was less than 10% owned. I said that was absolutely ludicrous. The guy's playing with... He's almost a point per game? Yeah, it's crazy. I honestly, I couldn't have couldn't have imagined this good of a week after suggesting him. Uh, two goals, five assists in three games. One game winning goal was a plus five with six shots on goal. Strom was an absolute beast. Second among all players for fantasy uh, points. First was Brad Marchand, which was would have been universally owned. So that's why Strom took this award for me. Um, again, less than 10% owned to start the week. This was a guy that a lot of people would have scooped early in the week. Um, looking kind of like a steal out of that Schmaltz trade, although Schmaltz was looking pretty good before he went down. Um, as you mentioned, almost a point per game now, Brock. He has uh, 14 points in his last seven games. which is good for four goals, <laughs> 10 crazy. assists. Uh, that team actually is just... They might make the playoffs again, which is just a crazy thought. If they keep, I mean, it's a long shot, but it's crazy that we're even talking. I saw about a model that. this morning that I, says uh, I think it was Dom Lucision's uh, the Athletic. It yeah, was like Lucision. He was at uh, twenty. Gave Chicago a twenty percent chance of making the playoffs, which is uh, which they were like I think at like weeks a ago, two percent like chance, negative five percent. Yeah. Well, we talked about it a little bit last week. The power, uh, the power play is just dude. insane right now. Yeah, and, four, and four, and right I think it's there. last thirty days now is like forty three percent. Yeah. Yep. And like I mean, it's kind of it kind of makes sense. I mean, when you got Taves, yeah. Kane, yeah. uh, Debrincat, Strom, and Gustafsson, uh, who's been just great yeah. on the blue line on the on the same unit, I mean, you'd expect them to, to pop off. Yeah. And they skeptic played, in me would point out that it, it's not going to last, and it's uh, you can't rely on a forty three percent conversion rate no, exactly, which maybe they are. But uh, I still think the top six is really good. Yeah, they don't got much going well, for they them besides that. Solidified it, but it working. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even we've seen uh, Kuhn in there, um, his line mate put up two goals. Kuhn, Kuhn, the big Kahuna. Yeah, put up two goals yesterday. Kahuna. Shows uh, they're put, they're doing it um, on 5v5, which is huge. Finally, yeah. just to close out, though, Strom's week, he was a plus five. He was, his one category that he absolutely was destroying people in was plus minus this series. A minus 13 to start the week. He's now a minus eight, plus five. Yeah. Um, guy helped in all categories. Yeah. Strom and Brinkat like give up a ton of like quality chances yeah. and shots at even Who strength, cares? but they also yeah. just create like fantasy wise. I'm like, okay. yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. High yeah. event hockey. Yeah, you love it from a fantasy it's perspective. To watch too, if you uh, it's time. tough to coach, but uh, not if you're the fantasy coach because yeah. then you're just reaping the benefits. Uh, except for maybe that plus minus, but at the end of the day, uh, I think you just got to disregard it. When he's doing plus five situations. Yeah, I saw a little exactly. bit about Strom today. Uh, Sean Tierney, who we talk about quite often, uh, at Charting Hockey on Twitter, he tweeted out uh, um, that basically Strom is doing this uh, without really a high expected goals for. Um, so he kind of cautioned that it might not last long term, but uh, for now. Yeah, but that is just uh, the goal good. production too. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, uh, like it, it, and if you do watch the games, like uh, his playmaking ability is what really stands out. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, well, he set up both for. of those Cahoon goals uh, yesterday, and he uh, could have had a couple more yeah. assists on just like yeah. 
And they're just really smart plays too. Like it just bodes really well for his, uh, you know, potential moving forward, and not something we'd really ever see coming out of Arizona. But his feet don't uh, move well, as we've mentioned. No, but that's the thing. They don't have to because there's two other guys. Right? Yeah. When you got a guy like Debrinkat, that's absolutely mm-hmm. unreal. That yeah. guy's. I think he's at 28-26 before yesterday's game. I'm not sure yeah. what he did yesterday. Yeah. Um, no, I agree though. He's clearly shown he can be productive if yeah. he doesn't have to be, you know, the fastest guy on the line. I've been preaching to Debrinkat love hard too. I got him as a 40 goal scorer next year. Easy. Might get there this year. Yeah. This pace. Yeah, realistically. Uh, but D, who's your D star of the week? Uh, I'm following Beebs' suit here, flexing a little bit. I'm talking about Jordan Bennington. Love it. Uh, we talked yeah. about him a lot last week, over That's the last weird. few shows, really. We, we talked about it in our chat. We got to love when He's our pickups so turn into our stars. Good, and it just, yeah, yeah, both yeah. guys just lights out. I love it. We've talked yeah. about, I think this is the fourth or fifth show in a row, and for good for good reason that we've talked about Pennington. I mean, he's yeah. he like I think I, I'm not certain, but I think he started eight or nine in a row now. Like just clearly taking over the job. There. Yeah, and it's funny if you listen to the interviews with Jake Allen about it. Like he's just totally on board for it too. Talking about how the same thing happened to him when he broke into the league, and yeah, uh, Elliot and Halak who were there at the time, just totally supportive of him. Uh, and he's like, "That's what I got to be right now. Just a good teammate." Like, yep. Uh, he's playing amazing. Yeah. Like the best goalie in the league. When you have an eight nine over that for three stretch, years, yeah. you got to support a guy. So if the, it's pretty impressive. If the, if the former starters on on board, then you got to know the coach staff. Everything yeah. else is on board, and all in on That's good for your Jordan face. Bennington. Uh, but yeah, he certainly delivered last week. He won all three of his starts. Dropped out one point seven two goals against Savage and a nine thirty one save percentage. Pretty decent. Uh, and threw in a shutout against Sanchez's best team on Thursday. Hands down the most valuable goaltender last week and surely swung a lot of fantasy matchups. So our boy, Jay Ben, start of the week. Yeah, I think there's a lot of teams right now who might have picked him up a couple weeks ago who yeah. are were struggling in the goalie category that are honestly making a playoff. I mean, that, that was, that was my team. It's tough to lose. That was my team in our league. Yeah. Like, both of our teams are built the same way. We just put up a ton of points. We're also tied uh, for first in the league with yeah. like five points ahead of the yeah. next guy, so we're yeah. just going to flex that. But yeah, there you go. Both of us. But we're battling for that top Yeah, team. but me and Bees have both kind of struggled in the net all year. I've had to rely on Bobrovsky as my number one tendy keeper to roll over. Uh, and obviously, Bob's like underperformed this year. In. Yeah, and then I just picked up... Uh, someone dropped him, and I used my waiver claim that I was just sitting on for a while. Someone uh, thought he would uh, come back down there slash Jake Allen was taking the job. Yeah, yeah. But it was about three weeks ago, and now it's just like I got a bonafide number one fantasy goalie. At this point, it looks really promising, because the Blues now look like the team we all thought they were at the start of the year. Yeah, absolutely. It's at the point where we actually got questions today about what goalies to trade for, and it's hard not to even suggest, you know... Obviously, his, his value is way too high at the moment, but... Yeah, but you it can might get him still. Yeah. He's yeah. he's a goalie. They're going to win a lot of games. They're in a playoff. I think a, right a lot of people uh, are happy to cash in on guys in trades that they just picked up oh, yeah. like recently, so, right? Yeah, uh, and especially if it's someone who maybe just picked him up in a, in a spot start and wasn't in a, as big of a pinch as I, as I was with yeah, needing help. And doesn't it. need to ride him. Yeah, I think you might be able to get him for actually a decent value. You're going to have to give up some name piece going yeah. back. Uh, but yeah, I, I think a lot of people like to cash in on guys they pick up, right? And yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Me- maybe it's something they're more comfortable with. They know for sure they're getting value out at of least the spot before they, they realize he's like before. good. He actually is good. Yeah. yeah. So you can maybe get them on them thinking he's at his high point. Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, it's nice. It's yeah. a nice touch. Brock, who's your star, bud? Uh, before I get to mine, just you guys. You guys just kind of flex there on your. You guys being tied for first place in the league. I was dying. I went to my one league today and found out that I had already locked up first place in the entire league with four weeks remaining. <laughs> just have a four-game lead on second place, fifteen and three. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. Let's go. It's not bad. And my girlfriend's in that league too, so it's not like the, it's not the most uh, impressive league ever. But right now she's <laughs> isn't that to help? You're like right now she's he actually runs both teams, and it's kind of questionable. Yeah, he's one. He's right one now team. she's locking down the uh, the six seed. Hey, they draft the team, and I just get put in charge of running it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, transaction seems legit. So much more. Seems legit. 
Just dropping guys and putting claims with his own team. I went in today and saw that uh, Nino Niederreiter was still a free agent somehow. I was like, okay, so plugged him in the lineup this week for her. I was like, let's go. But I'm going to flex a little bit too and kind of stick with the same team you just talked about, D. Uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, it's a weird flex, but flex nonetheless. Um, So one week after declaring that Patrick Kane was the Brock star of the week, uh, (laughs) and I was dead wrong. I don't know why they're eternally paired, but I love it. (laughs) Yeah, right now. On this show, for one year they are. Uh, I was dead wrong about the Tarasenko-Kane trade during the pre... Or not trade, but... uh, Debate, we can call it. Yes, during the preseason. But uh, Tarasenko helped my case a little bit this uh, past week. He recorded a point in uh, all four games, scoring four goals on 18 shots with two assists. Uh, Suddenly, Tarasenko looks like the player I thought he was in the preseason. Um, since the calendar flipped to 2019, Tarasenko is tied for fourth in the NHL in goals with 11 and 17th in points with 19 and 16 games. Uh, the only issue that remains for me is that Kane is first in the NHL with 31 points over that stretch. That power play, though. Um, so, yeah, that power play is, you know, whenever you've got a power play that's clicking at 42%, uh, in, you know, Kane's involved. You know that Kane's got a, yeah. a big hand in that. Just that, a little bit. No, nope, it's all Strom. Yeah, Sanko looks super good. That OT winner was filthy Sanko. for the hat trick. Yeah, yeah, that's what I call him now. So. He looks phenomenal that game. Had the nice little twelve thirty to three o'clock clock slot, so everyone could watch him. Mm-hmm. Get their you messaged started. me right away because you just traded for him last week. Dylan, yeah, I then. traded Ben straight up. He did, he and then keeper league. And then yeah. it, did you against the guy that you were playing against too, like last week, right? Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. came back and to win the matchup. Pretty much sw- at the at that time, it like walked up the matchup. Didn't end up being the deciding factor, but it was three goals plus uh, in our league. We have game winners, so it was the. The OT winner, too. As the league commissioner, there's nothing I like seeing more than waking up and seeing that email. It's like, a trade has gone through. Just the I'm like, nice. <laughs> nice. The league's shaking up a bit. Nothing I like seeing more than... I just love that. What do you think of that trade? Ben, ben for Tarasenko. I was a little bit I back and forth. So yeah, I was... Uh, I just... Uh, obviously, I looked at uh, the numbers. You go either way. Uh-huh. I thought their production would be pretty even moving forward, and Ben's like two years older and actually showing some decline. Tarasenko's going to goals, yeah. I think. Tarasenko's going to be the best player in the league next year, right? Yeah, I don't know if he has his breakout year ahead of him that Brock said, but he's not declining like Ben is. So For this uh, season, like if you're going to be I think you do that deal in a second. Yeah. Well, right now. Because yeah. But Ben's just on the wrong side of 30, dude. Like, it's hard to bet on a guy bouncing back from a year like he's had. And like, they're just yeah. like not playing. Yeah, But it, it's it's not like his percentages are down or anything. It's just like, uh, you know. It's not... He's all, not the same yeah, all, player he was. The scoring chance rates are all down. He's just not generating as many shots. It's He's a, playing with Blake It was all very troubling. So when I got that offer, I, I kind of was happy to, to jump on it. Uh, and the Blues I are right on it. I would have yeah. did it as well. I yeah, it. I don't see it burning me. And I was like, he's two years younger, whatever. Let's do it. Let's go for it. Uh, if mm-hmm. you were to get that in a redraft uh, league, I would say do it automatically if, you, yeah. if you're the one holding on a bend. So feel free uh, to throw that deal at someone. So uh, let's get into streaming options. We've been hitting on these uh, pretty consistently, so we might we decided to keep going with it. I hope you guys are enjoying it, uh, and I hope you guys are picking up the guys we're talking about because they've been popping off a little bit uh, last few weeks. So, uh, D, we'll go right back to you here. Who's your first weekly streamer uh, for this week? Before you start, D, I just got to say we've been doing our suggestions as like pick them up week by week, guys, and they've been turning into kind of lifers. Keep, yeah, so keep, keep on just the remember roster, these are guys we're shooting for week by week. But um, if they happen, well, you know, but like I said a couple weeks ago, that, like issue. we're not we're yeah. not just suggesting them because they're they're schedules. It's also just because yeah. they're good players and good situations. But the scheduling helps. We hope that they. Well, yeah, they're the main. It's the main driving force. But we also obviously believe in their capabilities as hockey players. Yeah. For sure, let's get, <laughs> get D rolling. Uh, and 
that NHL schedule, it's a very typical week, uh, which means you're going to want to get some game extra games in on Wednesday, Friday, and Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, all very heavy slates. Uh, I think there's what, two games on Wednesday, yep. three on Friday, maybe, maybe four. Uh, and then, yeah, there was two tonight, or three tonight. So uh, not a whole lot happening on the, uh, the slow days this week. Uh, so you're going to want to target those teams. Anaheim's a great team to go after. Another team worth, uh, taking, a, worth taking a look at this week is the Penguins. Uh, after tonight's game, Pittsburgh will play Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday, so you can for sure get two extra games uh, out of a guy like Nick Bukestad, uh, which is who I'm talking up right now. Bukestad finally slid back over to the wing tonight after starting out his tenure as a Penguin centering the second line. Malkin is healthy back in the lineup. Uh, and he's playing the middle between Kessel and our boy. But Juggs tonight, it's a great spot for him. Kessel and Malkin generate a ton of shots and quality chances that uh, add even strength. Uh, and he should make for a great compliment for that. He's shown last year he can do that with a guy, uh, with guys like Barkov and Dadanov. He can be that third wheel. Uh, I'm not expecting uh, a crazy breakout from Bukestad, but certainly uh, thinking back to that 50-point pace he was at over the last two seasons with the Panthers, nothing to get terribly excited about uh, and really not something I'd consider worth dedicating a full-time roster spot yeah. to, but it does make him a solid streamer this week. The Penguins also shook up their power play units, uh, which should bode well for him. Uh, looks like they're going for a more balanced approach. They drop Kessel and Gensel down to help bolster the second unit. So I'd imagine their two units will come close to splitting power play time this week, uh, which obviously adds to Bukestad's potential production. He's available in 86% of leagues. Uh, so chances are he'll be available if you go to pick him up tomorrow morning. I uh, did score tonight. Yeah, I was just going to say, um, we're watching the, the Penguins-Flyers game as we do this, and We've talked about it um, almost six or seven times already through two periods, how good that line's looked so far. It's kind of what we talked about last week, what we expected uh, the lines to look like when Malkin got back. Kessel moving to the left, Bukestad playing the right, and they've looked dominant so far tonight. Bukestad's got a goal on three shots. Um, so, I mean, if you can, if that's the way they stay, you can see uh, this line dominate, you know, maybe on a nightly basis because usually you've got the other team's top line, like tonight, matching up with the Crosby line. Yeah. And, and Crosby and Gensel have played so good this year that you really have to treat them as the number one line. Absolutely. Uh, and it does open up some cushier matchups at even strength, like you see tonight against the Giroud and Patrick lines. Uh, two lines that aren't going to be doing a whole lot to limit you defensively. So uh, not surprised to see them running train against the depth of the Flyers tonight. Obviously, be a different story if they were going up against the Couturier line. Yeah. Uh, but just being that bona fide second line, which really wasn't the case last year or the last few seasons with Malkin and Kessel clicking. Uh, but Gensel kind of just seems to come on to his own this year. Yeah, it's been great. And their defensive numbers have just become so good, him and Crosby, that they really do just own the puck whenever they're on the ice. So when you have a line uh, or two-way center cap- that's as capable as Couture is, you kind of do have to dedicate him to that line. So, yeah, opens up a lot of good matchups for Bajugs. Yeah, I'll go next, Beeves, because mine kind of just goes right off of his. I got, yours also? I, I got Brian Russ. So I okay, really you go ahead. You go, you go first. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Makes even more sense <laughs> I'm sitting than over here, I'm like, I don't know how you can honestly be more on top. But I would yeah. like to stream uh, Sidney Crosby <laughs> and Evgeny Malkin this week. <laughs> I'm jumping a lineup. Um, kind of the same thing that D said there with the Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, Sunday lineup. Uh, you got to fill in guys that that are playing on the off days because more than likely on Saturday, Tuesday, and Thursday, your lineup's going to be set with guys you've drafted. And yeah. if not, you should have drafted a better team. But uh, playing alongside Sidney Crosby and Jake Gensel. drafted a better team. <laughs> we talked about, D talked about how great dominant that line's been. Mm. And uh, Brian Russ looks like the Pascal Dupuis to Chris Kunitz and uh, Sidney Crosby right now. And, and, I, and I love no it. No bigger compliment yeah. to I, a guy I, like Brian Russ. Absolutely. Didn't he go 30-30 that one year? Uh, Dupuis. Yeah, Dupuis did. Um, and Rust is going 15-13 and 13 so far this year. Decent numbers for a guy who's been slotted all around that lineup. 
Um, he's touched 20 minutes of ice time twice in the last three games. That's why I really like uh, really like right now. They seem like they're committing to him up there. They've kind of been throwing different guys on the line, but it looks like Russ is the guy to take this spot. He's already gotten a point tonight off a secondary assist. That's why I love him as a streamer. He's going to get those ones where, you know, he, he starts that breakout to, to Crosby. Crosby does 79% of the work, and then Jake Gensel touches the puck in. <laughs> and you're like, hell yeah, that's my secondary assist, baby. Um, Brian Russ, 26% owned. Keep an eye on him. That's flying up, though, because I feel like a lot of people are checking out these schedules. This guy had 38 points a year ago, so he's not a total scrub. He can hang with the big boys up there in the top six. And, uh, again, Pascal Dupuis. 25 and 34 was his best year. That's so good. Yeah. So uh, not quite 30 and 30, but pretty much. And uh, sure yeah, him, like, I would say that's the type of production you could expect out of Russ if he yep. stays in that spot. Uh, it, it's hard. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, exactly. He's That's why he's the perfect streaming option. Any night he's playing with Crosby and Gensel, he's worth uh, a pickup regardless of the matchup. Uh, or he's worth a spot start, I guess. But it's just kind of hard cause, uh, to project it long term because oh, they yeah. got uh, now Bajuk said. And uh, you got Russ, Dominic Simon, and Tanner Pearson, who can all kind of rotate. Uh, four yeah, guys well, who can yeah, rotate. Just takes one dry spell. Right, right, right. So, yeah, he's not, he's not so now you're looking four. at five guys that you could rotate through the last two spots of your top six uh, with Crosby, Gensel, Malcolm Kessel occupying the other four. So uh, it's hard to project Russ long term. I, I do think, though, like if you just look at the games he's played with them this year, he's more than capable of something like a 60-point pace if he spent a full year there. Uh It'd be weird if he wasn't. Most players should be able to play with Crosby and Gensel. But uh, the point course. being, yeah, uh, excellent spots are this week, not just because of the Penguin schedule, but also just where he finds himself in the lineup right now. Yeah, but definitely something you want to I was going to add to that. I was going to say basically the same thing. That I mean, uh, if, he, if he's there again on Wednesday, you plug him in. If he's not there on Saturday, you can pretty much drop him. Because yeah. if he's not playing on the top line, he's basically useless. But he's there right yeah. now, and he has he's actually, been there a lot uh, lately. So yeah. I, but I, he I, hasn't I, spent that much time with Malkin this year, so it's no. pretty much been... Crosby or Broussard, uh, which is now Crosby or McCann. Yeah. So, uh, obviously, a pretty big fall off. Yeah. So, mine doesn't tie in quite as well uh, <laughs> as still, I thought. I, I've was, been really curious as to <laughs> well, what just because we were talking, we were talking about the Couture line quite a bit, and I'm talking about Oscar, Oscar Lindblom. Uh, 2% owned in Philadelphia. Lindblom has found a nice home on the Philadelphia Flyers' second line, maybe first line, whatever you want to call it, uh, with Katria and Jakub Borchek. And the trio has been extremely impressive so far. Uh, they've got a 51 Corsi 4 and are averaging 28 scoring chances for. Uh, however, it's their 85.7 goals for percentage that's the most impressive uh, so far since they've been put together um, recently, outscoring their opponents 6-1 to one in 121 5v5 minutes. Uh, Lindblom has four goals and three assists while averaging 2.4 shots per game over his last nine contests and is a great deep league addition uh, while he's playing on that line. Uh, the, you know, they've been absolutely their best line. Uh, we saw them kind of shuffle things around in practice the other day and the only line that didn't change was this one so I don't expect them to break up uh, this dynamic trio anytime soon. But Philadelphia uh, has four games this week, one of them being tonight, so you're going to miss it on that, unfortunately. Uh, their schedule isn't great. They play Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday, uh, but they do play Saturday and Sunday back-to-back, home-and-home with the Red Wings, which is a pretty good matchup. <laughs> Point so, night. so you might want to put Lindblom in on Saturday, maybe over one of your more proven players, just because the matchup is obviously great. Uh, you figure that one of those games, the Flyers will see Jonathan Bernier, who's been a total sieve this year. So the weekend sets up really nicely for the Flyers. 
Uh, and Lindblom's been nothing short of uh, fantastic since being put on this, this what line. What a steal so. of a draft pick. Fifth fifth round, 138 overall. He's 22 years old. And you kind of been seeing it coming for the last two Crazy. years here. I mean, they were talking. There was a lot of buzz awesome. around him uh, last year when he was in the AHL. Got called up and, you know, played fairly well, but just never really got the opportunities mm-hmm. like he's seeing now. This is almost the first time this year where he's seen um, you know, a lot of minutes with these guys in the top six. And he's playing really well. Uh, he's really shored that up. Uh, Simmons is basically a third liner right now. They like Simmons and Patrick together for whatever reason. Uh, Until they we, trade him in we, two weeks. We just, we're just not Nolan Patrick. Uh, we're not Nolan Patrick show, so, yeah. uh, I mean, not yet. Maybe, uh, you know, better days ahead. But He tore my heart out when I thought Colorado secured him in the bag with their 48-point year or whatever, yeah. and they completely lost the draft and moved to fourth overall. So that's it turned out okay for them, though. I got, got, got the so, so much better. Yeah, so, so much better. Uh, but, uh, Mika? Uh, Kale. Not Kale McCarr, yeah. Oh. Uh, but D might have said it today. He's just whiny. He just he looked like a whiner today on the, on the, the middle of the game. He just, he just still only like 19, so maybe he'll grow a little bit. It's fair. If Noah Patrick's fair, I whined a lot when I was 19. I'm sorry. But D, let's go back to you. Second streaming option of the week. I'm talking about Anthony Stolarz. Uh, if you can't believe it, we just it. love the Metro. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Pennsylvania right now. Can you imagine like a month and a half ago, like uh, suggesting? Anthony yeah, suggesting Stolarz. Philadelphia. Dude, Stolarz is so crazy because like he he either like is a total sieve or just, just stands, stands on his stands in, on his yeah. head. Yeah. Like I've watched games where I'm like, man, he is not a good goalie, and then I've watched other games where I'm like, Best goalie he, he's so good. <laughs> yeah. He's huge. And he cool. just fucking stands on his yeah. head. But go ahead. Yeah. Uh, it's a pretty straightforward pick. The Flyers have a pair of back-to-backs this week. Brock, you already talked to the one Saturday, Sunday. Oh, yeah, he's going to dominate uh, the Detroit. Red Wings for sure. Uh, so you can get two extra starts out of Solaris if you need some help in goal or if you just need to get some extra starts. Maybe you got some slow week for whatever reason. Uh, he's already the confirmed starter for tomorrow's game against the Wild. Uh, and then, yeah, hopefully... Uh, I don't know what you would prefer, honestly, because you got the home game on Saturday. Probably the home game. you got the home game, fresh legs, but obviously the same as with Detroit traveling back. Um, so who knows? Either way, I, I would, you'd they're favorable games. The start on yeah. I would just the Flyers are going to be favored in both games either way uh, with how they're playing right now. Uh, yeah, as far as the spot starts go, obviously the Wild and Red Wings uh, are pretty good teams to target. It's not just the Flyers who have been red hot lately. They've won 9 of 10, uh, but more importantly... Uh, that one was a shootout loss, too. But uh, Stellars has looked lights out in his last two starts. He's been that best goalie in the world Brock just talked about. So. Yeah, a couple times. He stopped all 38 shots he faced in a one nothing win over the Rangers on January 29th. And last Thursday, he allowed just two goals on 39 shots in a game against the Kings. That was the shootout loss, actually. They lost that game 3-2. Uh, he's got a great shot at giving you a couple wins this week. And if his recent stretch is any indication, he could turn in some decent splits as well. Currently just 4% owned in Yahoo Standard Leagues. Uh, so go get him if you need the extra start tomorrow. The Flyers yeah, are playing like a, a lot better in front of him. Get him ASAP because he's, he's going to bump up quite a bit uh, just tomorrow pretty much. But uh, Minnesota, yeah, uh, hasn't been great either uh, since trading Nino. And then uh, Shocker. Koivu Torres. And then, yeah, no Koivu's going to hurt a lot too. Rip. Uh, but, yeah, since uh, the Nino trade, they are four and, like, seven. By the looks of things, quickly. four and like seven, something like that. Points. I'm looking at yeah. it, no, trying good. to count That's W's and L's. But they're already a pretty low-scoring team, and then oh, yeah. you and take then away the Rider and put Rasmus and now take away line. your second line. Center. Like when you when you lose Koivu, yeah, and you just traded for Victor Rask, but then Victor Rask is still your fourth line center. Yeah, that was something. a fucking brutal trade. Says yeah. something terrible. That was a bad trade. Just made no sense, boom. We love Nino more than the mo- more than most, and even people who don't love Nino as much yeah, as us. Yeah, but we would have made that trade for him four years ago, and he would have been doing the same shit he's doing now. Yeah, if not more. 
Well, what he's doing now. Now. Yeah. Yeah, then. I got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, now, then is what Beebs just said. Yeah, I didn't follow. Oh, but, you didn't get uh, that? You, go ahead, Beebs. Who's your uh, second weekly streamer? <laughs> now, now, then. Never thought I'd be suggesting a player from this team, but a 27% owned. Corey I, Perry <laughs> from the Anaheim sucks. You like that? You yeah. Know, you see what I did there? That was crazy. I got no beef uh, for them now that they fired Carlisle. I'm yeah. cool with yeah. the Ducks. Except for, like, uh, they... They just named the like off the head coach. Yeah, they're GM. And he's just like never coached before. I don't think <laughs> at any but level, even uh, even not the NHL for sure. No, I'm not that sure. I, I don't believe. No, he definitely has not. No, and uh, no. but it's or just funny in term. But the uh, in term. But yeah, like yeah. this is just be, but it was it. actually pretty funny. Like his quote today uh, was just basically like not I throwing any all of the trenches here. Well, he's just like yeah. He's like I won't. I won't. I wouldn't want to throw like any coach into this like shit show. Basically, it was yes. just like no. we're so bad that I wouldn't no want to put another coach. But you're surprised that he wouldn't just. You know, have an assistant coach. Just Give his son that range or something. Just gotta, he's gonna have someone in his. I don't even know if he has knows one. what they're doing. Let's hope. But uh, I got Corey Perry. Anaheim has an absolutely crazy schedule this week. Well, just about every other team is playing Tuesday, Thursday, Sa- Saturday. Anaheim has a Wednesday, Friday, Sunday schedule, which is kind of sick. Um, if you need some guys, that's why I love Corey Perry. I hate, hate his stats. Hate his stats right now, but um, if anyone's bound to turn it around after an injury, um, this guy would be a, a clear standout. Perry has one point in five games since coming off. What did he hurt there? Was knee. It was his knee. ACL or something. Yeah, meniscus. Meniscus, yeah. that's Took, the one. Put him out for a while. but So he has one, one, one assist through five games, but he's still been playing top line minutes, um, and he still looked decent out it's there. It's like the only but it's all, line yeah, that whole team. It's all about opportunity and um, and if you can grab this guy now there's not many guys that you can grab that are on a top line on any team uh, off, the, off the free agent wire, let alone a guy who has put up more than 49 points every season in his career beside his rookie career. Um, and I only put 49 because that was his down year last year. Yeah. Um, this is a guy who's known to score goals if you have penalties in your league which is a ridiculous category every time I say it. He can <laughs> help you there. He shouldn't be as bad in the plus-minus now that Randy Carlisle is gone. That only helps everyone. I don't care if this new GM stepping in. It literally only helps Corey Perry and everyone around them. Because well, that's the thing. Like, they can't, be any, they can't be any worse than they were. Uh, and, like, it seems like – I don't know if it was a Carlisle thing or what it was, but I don't know if you guys have been watching the Ducks recently, but, like, it seems like, they seem like, like a couple they games they just don't him. give a shit. Yeah. Against and, like, Toronto, I don't know if they just – worried about taking him out. In Montreal, it was even worse. They just didn't even – they didn't care at all. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if it was just quitting on Carlisle or what it is. Uh, hopefully that was the case. And now that Carlisle's gone, uh, they, they, they play a little bit better. But yeah, they've been a, they've been a tire fire. I know they returned home this week, uh, which has got to help uh, because. Yeah, I also just think they're not that good. No, they aren't very good no, either. Not at all. Like, we're definitely gonna. <laughs> but they can. But like, they're not. Better. They're not as bad as you they can't go look, fifteen and like. 15 losses yeah, every That top season. nine is just pretty brutal. Oh, like, top nine's terrible. not great. The blue line's good, though. They, they got one of the best goalies in the world. So, like, they can't be as bad as they've... And playing alongside yeah. Ricard or Cal, I just think they... Off, I'll take it. They just need their first line to carry, and yeah. that obviously hasn't happened yeah. this season, so... My second uh, weekly scoop here is Oscar Clefbaum. A couple of Oscars for me. Uh, 27% owned. Clefbaum recently returned to the Oilers lineup following... Uh, a lengthy absence with a finger injury, uh, and is looking still looking for his first point. Uh, despite being held off the score sheet, Clefbaum has averaged 22 minutes and 22 seconds per game, uh, firing a modest four shots. But uh, the Oilers remain just six points out of the playoffs, and are certainly still in the height hunt despite being two games below 500. That West is just a t- just a shit show right now. Right? It's crazy. Yep. Um, but Clefbaum. 
is obviously going to be a guy that needs to be great uh, if the Oilers do want to clinch a playoff berth. Uh, and it's likely only a matter of time, I believe, uh, that he gets back on the top power play unit, which would go a long way in boosting his value. But we, we always have liked Clefbaum on the show because he's a defenseman uh, with an impressive shot volume, always a guy who never shies away from shooting the biscuit. Uh, and he was on pace for 40 points before getting hurt. So he's obviously a guy that can produce uh, from the back end. Uh, as kind of a bottom of your roster type of guy. So if you need a little bit of help on the on the blue line this week, uh, the Oilers play three games, games on Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, so you can get them in your lineup at least twice. Uh, I mean, streaming defenseman is not always the greatest idea. No, never. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that'll shoot a lot, could shoot more than some of the forwards that are available uh, in your league, block some shots. And, again, if he gets put on the top power play unit or sees any minutes with Sidney Crosby, or not Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, uh, he's a guy that can definitely pick up some points. So. Yeah. yeah, he's someone so that I've Watching Crosby and trying to talk <laughs> about McDavid. Well, if you're going to mix up Conor McDavid with someone, yeah. Yeah, that's the person. Um, At least I did say someone that I've shown way too much love for on the show, so I have to support it here. Uh, yeah. Brought him up a couple times. I'm just really sitting here waiting to drop Darnell Nurse, but they just keep keep him on that first I unit. Know. Honestly, the first unit's done really well since he's been there, He's looks good on it. Yeah, he's so I, I, it makes sense. I don't know how long it's going to last. Uh but yeah, certainly worth monitoring, even just keeping him past this week. I think whoever's the defenseman for Connor McDavid's power play uh, is worthy of owning in fantasy leagues, Absolutely. especially considering how thin blue line options are. Uh, and as far as streaming uh, defensemen go, sometimes, uh, yeah, you don't want to do it really on open nights. There's really not like there's not a lot a whole a lot of point to doing it, uh, a lot of reason for it uh, on the slower nights. But when you get into the busier nights, like Tuesday, th- Thursday, and Saturday, sometimes you will have that a lone spot to fill. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, especially if you only carry three on your team or you don't carry an extra defenseman. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so definitely worth considering. And just for the sake of adding and keeping forward, if you really need help on the blue line, I think he's one of the best options out there. Because like I said, as soon as I was stunned to see that year, he was uh, 27% owned. Yeah. The yeah. one thing that really blew me away today, well, and I don't know if it's just people shine away because they split a lot of time, but Robin Lehner, who leads the league in every important goalie category now other than wins is only 78 percent owned i was just like i couldn't even believe it like leagues where just, people are just i know it's obviously small, you it's, can't but it. he's the legit. same leagues where martin Marinson is owned right? yeah. yeah but it's just like the leagues where like he he's yeah. it doesn't matter like what don't you want the goalie that's got the best goals against the save percentage in the entire nhl like yeah is, I couldn't believe that he, he was not. He, yeah, I have no idea how many trades I've offered for certain him. leagues. Though Brock yeah. have have games started, where me and Deer in another one of those. Well, like the the, league Grace and, like, is like, Grace is only fifty three percent owned, and he's been phenomenal oh, too. Lights out, yeah. But uh, the other the other guy, I just wanted to mention uh, a couple guys that they like, play Wednesday. Maybe you get them in your lineup for, for uh, one day. Is maybe a guy like Josh Levo. Yep. Uh, Vancouver is in Anaheim on Wednesday. Point nine. Obviously a great matchup. Yeah, I actually picked up Levo and nine. streamed him. Yeah, I didn't. Play, <laughs> I didn't play grab him because I saw you yeah. and I was like, oh, he's probably going to mention, which yeah. is great. Um, yeah, well, he's just been playing a lot of minutes lately, and uh, I think being on that first power play unit is what matters more than anything. Pedersen and Bess aren't that great at even strength, but no. obviously, uh, with the main advantage, they're pretty filthy. So, so you're going to stop right there. It's not that great. So. <laughs> no, no, they're awesome. Vancouver fans just all drop. They're awesome, ball. but they're just two young guys figuring out how to play defense. I would it? also, and once they figure it out, it'll afford them more chances in the offensive zone. But it's two guys. I would yeah. also keep an eye, uh, as at least leading up to Wednesday, if you need some help. I'd keep an eye on Ty Ratty's status. Missed practice yeah. on Monday, but if he comes back, nah, he it. might be on. Uh, McDavid's line, yeah. and if he's not, Zach good, Cassian though. playing with uh, Dre Seidel and McDavid. So maybe you're in a bangers league. 
He can yeah. help there. And he's he's been putting up points lately. And he's he's game. been solid uh with McDavid this season in the you know very brief minutes they played together. Another guy worth looking at. Uh, like we said, the Oilers yeah. kind of As far as streaming options go, Connor McDavid's wing is always worth us. Yeah, yeah just, just go to Daily Faceoff yeah. every single Sunday yeah. or Monday and take yeah. a look at it. They do play on a lot of Sundays, too. So. It's going to be a new sure. person every week. It's part of the fun. But let's fire it over to the Blue Stones like we always do. Uh, when we get back, we're going to answer uh, close to 50. No, not 15. Closer to 10. We've got 11 Twitter and Eight on my fi- paper, so this will be interesting. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, we've got uh, Twitter questions. Questions from Daily Faceoffs message board uh, from all you guys. We hadn't answered questions. Oh, we should plug that real quick. So we also wanted to ask a ton of questions. Plug the board. Plug the board. It's like the most popular forum for fans. Oh yeah. I mean, like if you don't already, if you want to listen to this podcast, I'm sure a lot of you already know about it. Yeah. If you you ever have any single question, um, like it is buzzing legitimately 24 hours a day. Like I will go and look at the uh, the DFO analytics and like. At any given time during the day, we'll have 900 people actively on the starting goalies page, just sitting there waiting to uh, chat waiting hockey. to answer your questions or yeah. talk hockey or whatever. And they, you know, there's a lot of hilarious shit. I jump in there sometimes, but these guys just go nonstop. Um, so if you don't somehow already know Not about it, if you ever have any tricks. questions, like D said, it is legitimately the most active uh, fantasy hockey chat that you'll ever find. It might be the most active. Like fantasy sports chat, like it's insane how it's just, wild. Yeah, it I mean, we posted today that we needed some questions for the podcast. We got, we got, oh, like I, I, I literally got thirteen in, in thirty seconds. Yeah. Like people are always looking, uh, but you, you, get answer, you get answers in, in two seconds. And yep. uh, so yeah, head over to the starting goalies page. I mean, there's a chat on every single page, but the starting goalies page is just popping off twenty four hours, seven days a week. So uh, check that out if you haven't already. Uh, the other thing to check out, and I'll plug it again before the show is out, but uh, tomorrow's. DraftKings contest. We uh, were able to fill it up. 40 people last week. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and yeah, we're going to try to do it again tomorrow. You guys always make me nervous because people don't join until like 5.39. And it works. I got like 15 people there with a half hour, hour and a half, sorry, to before puck drop. But everybody always comes out late. And the, the grinders come out from underneath the rocks. And, the degens. Yeah. The degens. <laughs> and fill it up. But uh, boys, uh, I've been on a bit of a heater in terms of the DFO podcast not. contest lately, and uh, ever since I told Beebs he was never going to win again, he's been ice cold, so maybe I'm on to something. Things but, are changing. Uh, join us tomorrow, uh, but join the Blue Stones first, and we're yeah. going to answer a bevy of Twitter questions when we get back. And good and luck to the Blue Stones as they start their uh, their new tour this week. Starts on Friday. Um, <laughs> check them out. Check them out now. They're probably coming around your local city. I know it's 10 bucks to go in Detroit, so they're probably somewhere... Um, Somewhere, somewhere local to you. Check them out. Definitely going to be a good show. Pretty excited for it. Yeah, mention the podcast if you see them because they definitely know. And uh, they love it. Them. Yeah. Thank you. Baby, be my fire. Baby, be my flame. Baby, be the softly burning embers through December into June.
season four, episode twenty-three of the Daily Faceoff podcast. Uh, hope you enjoyed those riffs from the Blue Stones. Jams. Uh, streamer pickups becoming a bit of a staple on the show, uh, and rightfully so. Pretty important to help you get by the week by week grind that is the fantasy hockey season. Uh, but now we're going to give some fan love. We're going to answer a bunch of questions that we found uh, on Twitter on the DFO message boards. Uh, so here we go. We're going to throw it off to the TQ Master Beebs. Uh, you know, walk us through these Twitter questions. We got ten on deck, eleven on deck, eleven on deck, eleven on deck. Uh, Beebs, who we got? Who's it from? Uh, let you know who it's from first. I'll let you know where you got to go to get these questions out. Um, send them to at DFO Podcast on Twitter or at DFO if you want uh, Daily Face Off. That's just at the DFO. account that, yeah, at DFO or at uh, Brock underscore Segan as the beginning pronounces it on our intro here or uh, at three at under three D team. You got it. There we go. And then at Beavs Bonnie for me. But our first question comes from Michael Gregory Blazes. Blaziak? Blaziak. Not good at these. Regardless. <laughs> Your job. This is my job. He asks, explain the decline of the Ducks in it, if there is or will be any fantasy relevance in the near future from those Ducks. Randy, yes, things have changed. Raquel and Getz are very good players. Do we expect more from them? Uh, so we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier. The Ducks what just the sim- fuck sim- there? simply are not that good of a team. Yep. Uh, I mean... They were basically, all their deficiencies were masked by John Gibson early in the season. Uh, and then they were basically just a bad team playing for a bad coach and Randy Carlisle. Yeah, Kessler uh, line. That's going to lead to bad results. Yeah, Kessler line, we talked about that before, constantly overused. Yeah. Um, the Ducks have the third worst Corsi 4 percentage, uh, averaging the third fewest scoring chances for and give up the second most scoring chances against. Uh, this is a terrible recipe uh, for, for success. Uh, but... I think now that Carlisle's gone, uh, I think that's a positive step in the right direction because they can't get any worse. <laughs> um, I think it, you know, when it, when you're talking about fantasy relevance, uh, I think it's still worthwhile to hold on to guys like Raquel, Getzlaff, Montour, uh, maybe a Fowler, definitely John Gibson. Uh, you know, Beebs today said Perry, pick him up if, you, if you're looking to stream. I think that's a good call uh, for this week. Um, so those guys, I think, are still going to be relevant, but you don't want to reach too far down that lineup right now. They just simply no, aren't scoring goals. Uh, they're not that great of a team. But, uh, you know, guys that are playing maybe on their top power play unit, stuff like that, I would still think would be relevant. We'll see how it goes with uh, without Carlisle behind the bench. Yeah, and I, I think the blue line's worth keeping an eye on, too. Yeah. Like I said, that's the strength of the team. Uh, if that power play ever gets clicking, uh, there'd probably be some worthy options on the blue line. Yeah, like Montour's uh, still great, Fowler's still solid. Yeah, obviously the power play hasn't looked good this season, but it should get a major overhaul with whatever new coach staff comes in. I don't expect Bob Murray to make too many changes. No, uh, but uh, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if he just wants to ride it out this year, kind of right off the year. Uh, when you're the coach, you can actively tank. Yeah. So the other uh, thing- he might just keep riding Ryan Kessler twenty minutes a night. The other thing that would be uh, worthwhile just to keep an eye on is like a guy like Daniel Sprong because obviously you'd expect them, uh, unless they turn it around here in the next couple weeks, to be sellers at the deadline. Maybe they move a couple pieces out. guy like Sprong plays uh, some extra minutes up front. Maybe he's somebody worth adding in deep leagues down the stretch. But, uh, I mean, they're just not that good of a team. They had a really bad coach. No, it seems like it was the case if they just started off the year really well and finally it just came down to... It was just all... The team it was had. legit just all John yeah. Gibson. And, uh, <laughs> and, and reality said it. Guess I've had a couple of strong stretches, but just mostly not that good of a team. Number two from an absolutely phenomenal name. It's Barkov at the moon. Yep. Um, Barkov over the moon. Oh. At the moon. Yeah. Barkov at the moon. 
Bark hob. Like you bark. Do you bark over the moon or do you bark Who's at the moon? That's how I read it. Just doing over <laughs> over top. Just I was like, oh, that's creative. Barking over the moon doesn't make sense. Bark hob at the moon. I get ass. Okay. Explore more sense. Okay. Traps Connecty <laughs> or JVR in rotisserie. Uh, rest of season. Or, sorry, rest of season. Uh, had to, didn't really know the acronym there. Also, any chance of there being an app developed, Brock? Because I personally want this answer. Uh-huh. Love the site, by the way. Well, thank you for loving the site. I'll start with JVR and connect me. <laughs> uh, I like JVR personally, uh, simply because he's on the top power play unit that is clicking right now. Uh, all the Flyers' big dogs are on that unit. Uh, over the years, he's been an extremely consistent producer. Uh, having a bit of a down year so far. Injuries hurt him. Not shooting as much as he usually does, uh, probably for a bit of a bit of a, bit of a decline in minutes. But uh, that top unit, like I said, is better. Uh, Konechny is another guy who honestly doesn't even see a lot of power play time. Sometimes he gets bumped even off the second unit. So uh, slight edge rest of the season to JVR for me. Yeah, JVR for me as well. I had that. Um, he's a guy where we've seen him when he gets hot absolutely go on goal-scoring tears. Uh, at one point this year, he had eight goals in ten games. Um, when he was mentioned on the podcast. So for me, I like him the rest of the year too. He's just a proven goal scorer. Um, D's always been behind JVR, I know. And I, um, Changing I think, your tune on that one at all? Or just just overall, it's way more. No, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like connecting too, but a lot of that, uh, you know, beginning of the year and last year was tied to being on that line with uh, Drew Couturier. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, like I just said, uh, line centered by Claude Drew aren't going to do that well defensively, so you're not going to get a whole lot of offensive zone time. Uh, so, you know, neither one of them appeal uh, in that factor. And then I think you just got to look at it, like you said, from the power play perspective. And JVR should be a staple on that first unit moving forward. Uh, and connecting, like you said, Brock is not. So, yeah, I think the edge is definitely to JVR. Uh, and then go back to the app quickly. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that we've always talked about. Uh, but we definitely want it to be, uh, you know, we don't want to roll on a piece of garbage. <laughs> we want it to be top, top notch. So it's definitely something that has been talked about and, potentially in the works in the near future, but I won't make any promises uh, right now. For now, uh, the mobile site will have to suffice. I'm sorry about that. Can't wait, Brock. Third question from Matt. Better man. But let me just say his E's are threes. <laughs> just, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, yes. His E's are threes. Any reason why Shane Gossespierre seems to only play hockey every other season? <laughs> um, are there hidden injuries or deployment changes along the way? Uh, Goss's Bears shooting percentage and on ice shooting percentage uh, seem to rise and dip every other year or every year. Rise, dip, rise, dip. Uh, this season's shooting percentage is down 2%. His on ice uh, was drastically low two years ago and it's taken a hit after rising back up last year. Um, another issue, especially lately, has been increased usage of Travis Sandheim uh, and Ivan Provorov, who seems to be turning things around. But Sandheim's been an absolute beast for the Flyers. Uh, they've leaned on that line a lot, or that pairing, I should say, sorry, uh, yeah. a lot more heavily uh, at 5v5, which is limited Goss's Bears 5v5 exposure. Uh, but I think really what hurt Goss's Bear is not the fact that he plays hockey only every other season, but I think he set unreasonable <laughs> expectations last year when he rode 33 power play points to a 65-point uh, campaign. So, uh, you know, I still think he's great, but I think he's maybe a guy who's uh, gonna settle in, uh, like he's done a couple seasons now. You know, somewhere in the mid 40s, 50 range. Uh, not quite the 65 point player that we saw last year. Uh, especially just so much coming. Uh, yeah. Well, he's not gonna get 65 points without Giroux getting 104 exactly. or whatever Giroux got last year. Uh, but yeah, I you know the the shooting percentage, like you said, it's not it's not terrible. It's not what we saw a couple years ago. 
Uh, so it's a little more troubling in that regard. But yeah, I just think the ice time's down. And then when you look at the power play usage even, uh, you know, he doesn't seem as prominent of a figure on the first unit as he was last year. And then, of course, even uh, for the better part of a month, they went with five forwards on the first unit, uh, which obviously didn't help his power play production at all. So, yeah, like Rock said, that's the major dip uh, this season. Uh, that's what you can explain for it. And it doesn't really bode well as far as bouncing back goes. Uh, so unless, you know, there's some major breakthrough to his game or he sees a major uptick in minutes next year, uh, he's probably you know, going to be on the outside of top 10 fantasy defensemen. Yeah, someone who uh, early on in episodes, Brock actually suggested, I remember him saying this guy's name and being like, what the hell is a ghost? I think we it was go- we said ghost bear the first time or something. Well, he was, he was he always going by ghost bear there yeah. for the first I remember Brock saying, though, like, they call him the ghost and they love him on the power play and being like, there's no way this guy stays. He's small. He's teeny. But uh, has absolutely crushed it since. So props to you, Brock. Same, same guy, yeah. better man again. Yeah, yeah, fourth question coming from uh, Betterman again, again threes are ease. He asks, "Are we going to see? Are we going to see Quinn Hughes suit up for the big club once the NCAA is finished?" Um, I think so. Yeah. yeah, according to Bob McKenzie recently, yeah. it looks like uh, not only Hughes but Kale McCarr and Dante Fabro uh, of the Avalanche and Predators, respectively, are all going to turn pro after they finish finish up their uh, NCAA seasons. Uh, Hughes looks like an elite defensive prospect right now. I'd say he's a must-add in deep keeper leagues. The only yeah. issue right now is that he's currently not available in Yahoo leagues. Mm-hmm. However, he is inv- available in ESPN player pool uh, at the moment. Seven ov- seventh overall pick this uh, past year. Has 29 points, 4 goals, 25 assists in 25 games for the University of Michigan. Go Blue. Uh, and will Woo! likely make an immediate impact in Vancouver, just like Brock Besser did uh, in 2017 following his sophomore season at the University of North Dakota. Um you know, I, I think Hughes definitely a guy who's looks like he's going to be great in the NHL. Yeah, he's absolutely. been phenomenal this year. Uh, a bit of a poor showing at the World Juniors, uh, at least offensively, but um, he, he's just such a good skater, uh, great puck mover. I think he he's going to help the Canucks yeah. blue line a ton. I think he definitely turns pro. I know the the Canucks have a lot of interest in him turning pro uh, right after the season. Uh, but Kale McCarr is another guy who's worth. Uh, adding a deep keeper leagues as well once he becomes available at least in the player pools because uh, he's an absolute uh, monster uh, and and Avalanche could definitely use the blue line help. Dante Fabro not so much. Another decent uh, defensive prospect. uh, Pretty good offensively but uh, not really going to do much in terms of you know cracking the depth chart in, in in Nashville, uh, he'll settle yeah. in nicely on that third pair that needs a lot of help. Yeah, he'll well, be a little, you know, a rental of sorts for them, but uh, never gonna, you know, maybe playing eleven minutes a night, not really gonna to cut it. One thing that we're seeing that's kind of uh, taken a turn in the last couple of years is teams willing to do whatever it takes to get themselves to the playoffs if they are in that push. And and, and uh, if Vancouver's still sitting on the edge right now, they're gonna want to play their best players. Yeah, and, oh yeah. Um, if he's coming off a. a, a playing like he is right now he's absolutely shredding up the NCAA if he can continue that he's just going to walk right in the league it, we haven't seen a huge um, a huge culture shock when guys come over so as you mentioned not being in the Yahoo leagues you got to stay on top of that that means there's going to be about two days where he'll be on waivers after he plays his first game Yeah. Um, after that first shift so you're going to have to stay on top of that we'll tr- if, if we have a podcast we'll try to remind you guys if it happens to be around yeah. that time but um, but yeah, future's looking bright in Vancouver right now. I mean, now you got Pedersen. Quinn Hughes looks phenomenal so far. Yeah. Obviously, uh, hasn't played an NHL game, so we're not going to get too overexcited. But uh, you know, like Demko, Mikey D. Pietro, Windsor Alert, making his tonight. first career start tonight. Uh, just confirmed. So uh, two great, two of the best goalie prospects in hockey. Uh, arguably the best center prospect going right now in Pedersen, and one of the best defensive prospects. So it's crazy. Uh, and Brock Besser is still uh, extremely young, and same with Bo Horvat. So. 
Uh, who would have thunk? Yo, the Ottawa 67's got to be a little pissed about that, eh? Like, they just gave up all this to get D.P. Entro. Yeah, he and just now. gets emergency calls for, like, the <laughs> full 10 games. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I was going to say, just, just to kind of add on to that, um, this year more than ever, too, there are so many teams in the hunt that we are going to see these NCAA. Especially in the West. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, do you got anything to add on about our, our boy Quinn Hughes there and his terrible genes? Uh, I mean, no. Like, sounds Other like than go blue? Sounds yeah. like he's going to play uh, go blue. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, you know, just the pedigree alone, I think, is obviously worth a flyer in uh, deep keeps. Yeah. Next question from Pickle Rick. Um, nice little Rick and Morty reference right there. He asks, "Our boy Alex Tuck or Clayton Keller for rest of the season in a banger league?" Uh, I lean towards Tuck. I like both of them. Uh, Tuck has gone pointless in his last five games, but remains the better option in my opinion. Uh, Tuck is just surrounded by better talent. Uh, plays in a great 5v5 line, although they haven't really been getting it done as of late. Um, even better, though, Tuck is a, is a better goal scorer, providing a little bit more value than Keller while the Coyotes are depleted. And then when we're talking about banger leagues, uh, you'll see Tuck uh, you know, add in more hits than Clayton Keller as well. Yeah, and uh, just for the rest of the year, obviously, yeah, as you mentioned, you know, keep the leagues you want. Keller, uh, actually, I don't even know if you want Keller. Tuck, it's crazy that someone like Tuck who's drafted in the second round could Second or first, but no, he was late first. Yeah, he was taken even in in a draft like that could even be comparable to someone like Clayton Keller. Yeah, I I I think uh, you know I I do think it's close in standard leagues and banging leagues. I think you got to give the nudge to Tuck and and the guy banging. I think in banging leagues normally too, you'd assume plus minus is a cat as well, uh, which would obviously uh, bode well in Tuck's favor. That whole line just uh, really hasn't seen the puck bounce away the last little bit. Uh, the numbers still look promising, so uh, not too worried about tax production. The shots are still there. Uh, so I think, you know, I like him better the rest of the season. Uh, but like you said, I, I kind of like Keller's upside more. I think. Yeah, I don't think he, he didn't say anything about Keeper League. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, no, I, but, just, uh, I just love Keeper League, so I can't not mention Keller that. only has nine hits awesome. this year. Um, Tuck is not a big hitter, but has 62 at least. So, uh, you know, if we're talking banger, I, I like him better even just in standard leagues, but... Uh, banger, we're absolutely banger, pushing, yeah. uh, pushing tough over the edge for me. Question six, um, and this is uh, the end of our reoccurring uh, uh, people, but just great questions. Anyways, uh, Bark, Barkov at the Moon asks, who are a few players that are going to be traded and benefit greatly at this deadline? Um, I think there is a select few that will benefit greatly, but... Yeah, I, I mean, like, we... I think we always... Not us, but a lot of people put too much stock into... Uh, Players getting traded at the deadline and all suddenly thinking that they're going to be amazing. Because there's a big transition there. And it's such a small sample size. Uh, and, you know, like a guy going, like Panarin going from maybe, let's say, Columbus to Florida. Uh, I don't. It's not going to tra- change his uh, outlook too, too much. Uh, you know, obviously if he plays with Barkov or something, that's great. Yeah. Might be a little bit it's better. But if bad. we're talking greatly, uh, one guy um, that comes to mind for me is Jeff Carter. Yeah. Uh, Carter's had a tough season in Los Angeles and is 33 years old, which is obviously kind of entering the twilight of his career here. Uh, but he's the type of player who can be traded and slot into a top six, uh, you know, because he can play center or the wing, which is, you know, the versatility could help him slot into a top six. And I think he can score immediately. Uh, and also his ability to kill penalties will make him an attractive addition uh, for a lot of contending teams. Uh, I think, again, I just think he's the type of player, uh, given the way he plays, that can score immediately. Uh, he struggled this season because of an 8% shooting percentage, uh, which is down 2.5% from his career average. So a massive dip for him. Uh, and then a, a, just a 6.9 on a shooting percentage as well. That'll definitely improve on a new team. Uh, definitely a better team 
you know, it doesn't get much worse than the Ducks rate, or sorry, the Kings right now. So, uh, Carter's one guy who, you know, the rumors are out there that he's getting dealt for sure. So, to me, a guy whose value could improve greatly, I think was the word, uh, is yeah. Jeff Carter. For yeah, me. I, I, it is tough with those situations because a lot of times, uh, guys getting traded from teams that are struggling to contenders, uh, you're not going to see your role get increased. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I, I think with a guy like Carter and maybe Kevin Hayes, there are a few specific spots open that make a lot of sense where it would really work for them. Uh, I think Boston in particular. Kevin uh, Hayes just worries me because he's playing so much now that like I don't a wherever he goes, he might not sure, see yeah. the same playing time. But no, I but think, it's going to be better think, uh, surround uh, you know situation. I right? think Kevin Hayes. I said it a couple weeks ago. He's definitely going to Boston and. Uh, and I, I think, think he's that, from Boston too, right? Yeah, he went to Boston University. He went to BU. That's um, nice. It was funny. I was actually with my uncle this weekend, and uh, he's a massive Bruins fan. And he was, I was, we were talking about Kevin Hayes. And he's like, I don't even want him to trade for him because like Hayes actually like passed on the Bruins out yeah. of college. And he's like, now we got to give up assets for him. He's like, fuck that guy. So me he's a, like, I know he's from Boston, but he's like, he fucked us first time. Like, Ranger. So, um, but for me, the one standout and. Uh, could just be overshooting if he doesn't get traded. But Jimmy Howard, currently 46% owned. Yeah. Um, if this guy gets moved to a team that contends, even if he's starting every other night, you know, every other game, um, he's still he's going to be good. He, he's a guy who's held his own this year, uh, 913 save percentage, 15 wins. So he's extremely serviceable if you're in a 10-plus team league. Um, and a guy where if he does get moved to a good team, we could absolutely see put up um, some really good numbers because we haven't seen a good team in front of him ever. Yeah, really. I was going to mention, I wouldn't say ever, but uh, I was going to mention ever. Howard a little bit. I think you could probably throw Nyquist <laughs> in the same boat. Uh, my only concern with Nyquist is I'm not sure uh, he'll see, you know, he's been great with Larkin this year, but I'm not sure we'll see him with, uh, you know, a top six or a top line wherever he goes. Uh, because, I mean, Tatar was great in Detroit for years, and then he got traded and was a healthy scratch. So, um, I don't know. I just don't. I just third. don't think Nyquist will be. You know, see the same usage. He's like yeah, that's what I mean. Absolutely. Like some guys, it's, it's so hard to you know yeah. improve your, va- your, your fantasy Howard, value. You kind of it's not Howard a, for it's sure. Not it's just it's going to be hard to go to a contender and, and take a you know a number one spot uh, right away. I think St. Louis was a spot where he might have been able to yeah. do that. Now uh, with Bennington in the mix, I don't think that's really going to happen at yeah. this point. But and he's just one of those guys where even if like as I mentioned, he does take that second spot. You know, mm-hmm. say someone like San oh, Jose definitely makes worth a deal for worth him. owning. If San Jose makes a deal for him, I could realistically see him topping Martin Jones by the end of the year. But that's just a whole other thing. Yeah, Jones has been good lately. Yeah. But um, um, question seven coming from our boy Beep Boop. <laughs> beep Boop Beep Boop. He asks pros and cons of keeping goalies in keeper leagues. Goalies seem so important to success, yet they're so hard to predict. That sounds like a D quote. Just currently have Hart and Gibson, and wondering if I should keep both or just keep another solid player. For example, Risto. That's like his legit example. Love the example, yeah, but phenomenal. Um, yeah. I keep both those goalies. Yeah, I was gonna say you need um, you need goal, good goalies uh, to win in fantasy hockey, uh, and they're just they're hard to come by. And like you said, they are really? uh, very difficult to project. But we know that John Gibson is one of the best goalies in the world. And Hart so far certainly looks like a guy who's going to be great for the next decade. Huge uh, praise for Hart going in, and he's just proven it, and which bodes well for keeping. Yeah, and he's yeah. on, he's on, he's in a great spot in yeah. Philadelphia. And that's like, the issue with this team that should be competitive for the next three to five years. He stole uh, a job yeah. in a week. Yeah, like, but even, anyway, yeah. like Gibson's going to be uh, fantasy relevant either way. For sure, he's going to put up saying. he's going to put up split good splits in any situation. Yeah, the Ducks will probably be trash next year, but his splits will likely see him still maintain. You would think uh, at least low end. 
Yeah. Uh, number one fantasy net minus and status. usage, right? Like even on a good team, he's still going to get thirty wins, seconds. right? He's going to he's going to push thirty wins anyway, even if it's a bad team. Like he's going to steal games to them all year. I think if John Gibson's your goalie full full season, it it, it gets really hard to finish under five hundred. Yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely. Yeah. You know, John, my Vesna pick at the start of the year, by the way. Like well, hands down, hands down, Vesna winner, and then just yeah. like, the, the wheels fell off there. But uh, the he's other thing too is, I mean, dropping Risto is not great, but. I would definitely keep both goalies because I think that you have the potential here to have two legitimate number one fantasy net miners it's on nice your roster to, to start next year. Players. And I think it's a lot easier to find another 45, 50 point defenseman than it is to find a number one net miner. So if it, if it comes down to Risto versus Gibson or Hart, I'm keeping both goalies. Yes. Especially uh, with the sure. way that goalies have gone this year, a lot of people are going to go into next year's draft being absolutely ready to pull the trigger on a goalie. I know in my keeper leagues, there's a lot of people looking for three goalies next year. That's huge. So those people are going to reach for goalies. When they're reaching, you just grab the studs on the board. It's a nice position to be in, especially with someone like Carter Hart, who, as you mentioned, you know, could be a total Looks great t- so far. easy top 10. Yeah. Early yeah. Returns in keeper, in keeper leagues, you really do need to reach for a goalie. If yeah, you, you do. If, if and, you're in a bad and, spot. Yeah, and if you're in a bad spot, it, you're, you could be reaching for a goalie just for that year, and at that point, in a keeper league, you yeah. could grab a guy. You're gonna you always want 10, at least so. one. You don't want to be going in a draft because there's a lot of people who are looking for goalies in the yeah. draft. And so as far, yeah, exactly. Oh, sorry, I forgot about this question. <laughs> starting with that, so yeah, I agree with D. Um, if you're gonna go in, at least try to have a goalie going into a draft that keeper league. Yeah, um, you want at least one, I think. Like, you never want to go in looking for goalies because mm-hmm. there's never gonna be a top goalie on the board. No, mm-hmm. you're always searching, and they're really hard to find. Um, Eighth question comes from my favorite name of the night. Good one, Randy. Good one, Randy. Shout out to the 24-7 HBO yeah. series. Uh, Bill Kessel. Yeah. To, uh, Randy. After it was the lockout shortened year, I think, yeah. because that was the year that at least made the playoffs. Made fun of him with Bozak. Yeah. Kessel snapped back with, good one, Randy. Good one, Randy. <laughs> it was just a huge dad joke. Amazing. Perfect response, yeah. <laughs> and just Kessel wanted none of it. But uh, good one, Randy asks, what do you think will happen with Gibson? Uh, we've talked a lot about John but he says, ducks obviously suck eggs. So much eggs. <laughs> so much eggs. They also suck ass. Good one, Randy. Um, but will he be traded? Or with his recent injury, um, will he just be played less, etc.? Let's remind him that. Uh, yeah, so Gibson's back. definitely not going to be traded. Uh, I would expect Gibson to be better now that Carlisle's gone. Uh, it's funny that helps. how well this name fits with this question. Uh, it just it can't get worse. We've said it, I, I think, seven times on this podcast already. It just can't get much worse uh, than it has, uh, I think that he's the be- one of the best goalies in the world, and you know they've only won I think two times in their last like 21 games. So you'd expect a couple more wins down the stretch here. The splits are always going to be solid, but uh, unless that team improves a little bit, uh, he's gonna you know maybe that 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 goals against is going to be closer to the 260 than the 230 or I, the I would be worried about his usage too. Like if, yeah. if they completely fall out of contention, which obviously they basically have at this point. Uh, you know, I, I think obviously there's no reason to rush him back from any no. injury whatsoever because uh, he's their most important piece moving forward, at least over the next five years or so. Uh, and then <laughs> I do think the fact that the GM is coaching the team right now comes into play as well. I, I think, you know, he looks at it or he can market it as, as kind of, uh, you know, him giving Gibson some extra rest down the stretch. But I, I think if you're not going to make the playoffs – uh, as far as tanking goes, obviously the less games John Gibson plays, the better. So I would be worried about his usage a little bit, uh, but I don't know how much it's going to come into play in the fantasy season. Uh, I guess just like I worry about the usage a little bit as well, but not yet. Because if you look at it, I mean, they have already kind of said they're going to be sellers, but we've talked about it before. 
they're only eight points out of the playoffs, and they're last place in the West right now. Yeah, like they they can still realistically make the playoffs. It sounds I, like a guy who wants to sell Gibson right now, and I, I think in redraft leagues it's probably the worst time to do it. Is that yeah. it? So you know, I just always against uh, you know selling low, and I think that's what you're doing here regardless. Yeah, unless you can get someone to really pay for what he is, and maybe you have you know some insurance or strength in goaltending. Uh, you know, I, I think you have to wait this out with Gibson because you know it, it's as unfortunate as it's going to be, and we'll see what happens now that Carlisle's gone. Question nine from Benny and the Jets, <laughs> reference to uh, you know our boy Elton John for those uh, <laughs> fan of the older show, listeners, friend of the show, but, uh, Sir Elton. Benny and the Jets asks, why does Line suck so much? <laughs> Pretty straightforward question there, the man. One-dimensional guy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> the problem with Line. And that one dimension is not clicking. Is that he shot at what we said, specifically me, because I called him a bust last year, uh, at an unsustainably high 17.6% in his rookie season. But then he upped that somehow to 18.3% last year and made everyone forget that maintaining a rate like that is extremely difficult and just kept saying, well, you ever seen this guy fucking shoot the puck, man? Like, of course he's going to maintain that. <laughs> well, now he's shooting at 13.5%, which is still like pretty me. fucking high. And that 4.5 dip, is the difference between 25 goals and 33 goals, which is massive. And then uh, D, specifically, has said it a number of times, Brian Little just isn't that good. So yeah. playing with Brian Little every single night. He's not that good anymore. And then now getting moved to the second power play unit because he's sucking eggs so much. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to make him difficult for him to get back on track at this point. Uh, but with that said, his shot didn't suddenly get worse. Yeah. He still shot... 17.5% over off the course of two seasons. Yeah. And down the stretch, he could absolutely light it up. But the um, fact that he has nothing to play with on the second line is a problem. And it's why you see him with single-digit assists. He's got 10 now, maybe, right? Yeah, no, he got it. Yeah, yeah. got so it. He's got 11 assists now, but that's why it's a thing. Congrats, he's playing Patrick with Brian Little and Jack Roslevic. And even even if he's not, like, they took Ehlers off that line, which yeah, they, I think has a lot to do with it. Because Kyle Connor himself, it was, it was uh, line A, Little, Connor yeah, before. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, before Ehlers, uh, you know, went out. So uh, they moved Connor back up to the first line where he was all last year. And I just think that makes the most sense for them because Ehlers himself can drive play, he can drive the line. And it really helps get away with the fact that Brian Little's centering the line, right? When you have a guy like yeah. Ehlers who can move the puck on the wing. And I think when you take that away, Kyle Connor is just such more of a secondary player. Uh, still great in his own right, but I don't think he's the guy you want carrying the puck. Uh, neither is Line A and neither is Brian Little, so that's why that line's uh, really struggled. Yeah, and then obviously with Jack Rozick there, again, he's a you know a solid player in his own right, but I just think having Ehlers there makes so much more sense. Uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens because I think why he originally got put on that top line is Maurice wanted Euler, to get Ehlers going. He was a little slow to start the year. So I don't know what's going to happen when he comes back. Uh, I would assume that they probably put yeah. Ehlers back with Line A. But I, I've said it the whole time about Line A. Like, the way he he produces goals at an elite rate is a very hard thing to do. And so it's it was never my favorite uh, spot to be in or to bet on, uh, on a guy shooting 17-18%. Because Stamkos did that over uh, you know the same amount of time that Line A did. And eventually it just slowly Jump tracks off. off. Can't shoot 18%? And 13.5% is awesome. But like you said, it's a, it's a drastic difference. And then when you look at the fact that, one, he's not a playmaker... Uh, and then he's got so little to play with. It doesn't look like it's going to get better this season. The one thing that is encouraging that was encouraging last year, his shot totals continue to go up. Yeah. So even if the percentage dips off, the goals are still going to be there. Like this is still a guy yeah. who's got you know who's probably I, I would put money on him finishing with forty plus goals this year. Still, he's got about yeah. thirty games to get fifteen. Uh, and you know if you take away this oh, recent cold stretch he was on, like he was way above that pace before the fact. Right? Yeah. So yeah, he can uh, do it in fifteen. Yeah. And I, so I I believe in line A here. 
Um, and I just think year to year, like in keeper leagues, he's going to be churning out goals. Uh, but he's just going to fall short of those top-ranked fantasy guys as long as the assists aren't there. If he finally gets a crack with Shifley and Wheeler, uh, you know, I, his production would just you got to think, too, I would like, say. That the amount of secondary assists, like playing with Shifley and Wheeler as opposed to Little oh, and Rozovic, it would just skyrocket his production. Uh, but they don't want to do it for whatever reason. Uh, I honestly can't really figure it out. Because you have to think, though. It's not like Wine is doing a whole lot from makes second a, line. Makes a play, too. Like, this is a team that's, going, that's all in right now. This is a team that could go out... And, and traded Nick Patan. Yeah. They would just uh, and, be and such a, a better and, and, spot if they were able to retain Paul Stastny. But. Yeah. And, like, maybe they're a team that, it, you know, can but that's somehow just, yeah. fit I think into the mix or something. Like, just I think Kevin, like, help them. But, again, yeah, like, you think Kevin's going to Boston, but that's the type of guy they need to go after. Oh, and he fits their philosophy Right. Like how, but how good do they look last year and in the playoffs? They went to the West Conference mm-hmm. Finals. Uh, with Paul, yeah, with Ryan Little as their third line center, it's just such a better. Oh, spot and then you to move Adam in. Lowry down to the fourth, and they just become yeah. such a better team. Or like honestly, Lowry might stay with the third. It'd probably be equal distribution yeah. third. They don't. Line. They pretty much yeah, do that. Yeah. But yeah, they, maybe they make a move, and that's something that helps uh, line A a ton. So yeah, uh, I, I, you just can't maintain eighteen percent forever. Like it just that's what it is. Yeah. but I honestly high. think like the goal total, he's not going to end up being that far off the forty-four goals. The, the it's just going to be great. It's going to be great when he finishes yeah. the 40 and 12. Yeah, the tough part <laughs> is the assist because, like I said, he's not really a facilitator. Uh, so when you don't surround him with any other guys to really carry the play on his line, mm-hmm. uh, the secondary points just aren't going to be there. All right, the Number penultimate 10. question here. You like that one? Uh, from at Fantasy Hockey P1. He goes, can you guys go over some top goalie targets for the remainder of the season and for playoffs? Uh, so, yeah, he was talking about trade targets. Uh, yeah. We talked with him a couple weeks ago. Um the one thing I just you mentioned Bennington to... off the top that was that's in yeah yeah, yeah I do think that's really in play because like I said I, I think a lot of people are happy to yeah. sell high on guys they picked up yeah. off free agency but I think you can look at Bennington as a guy who's pretty much playing for a playoff team at this point uh, and uh, there's really no reason for Jake Allen to get back in the starters crease anytime soon uh, awesome. he straight up just hasn't been very good this year and Bennington's been one of the best goalies in the league since he started playing so yeah I think he's got just a lot of rope here he could struggle for three or four games and still be considered the starter I and think, that team's point. on a heater and ride heaters especially uh, late season like this yeah. so and for me so I went and did uh, the playoff schedule in terms of uh, games played uh, during the three playoff weeks and people that stick out to me uh, somebody and I'm you know Bennington you could probably get fairly cheaper now because people are expecting him to slow down Guy, I think you get really cheaper now is maybe and maybe off the waiver wire is somebody like Corpusallo, uh, strictly because Bobrovsky's getting dealt. Uh, Corpusallo is going to be their number one when it comes to the three playoff weeks. Columbus is tied for the most games played with eleven during that time, so Corpusallo uh, should see an extended run. They're a team that's not really looking to you know blow it up. They still want to get roster players back. They still want to try to be a playoff team with Corpusallo and Net. Uh, so I think he's a guy that you get extremely cheap, maybe even off the wire. Uh, I the first two weeks of the playoffs, the Islanders have four games each. I think you could try to get a Laner or a Grice for the same reasons we kind of talked about earlier, just because they they split time so evenly. I know that frustrates a lot of owners, uh, and you know, freaking Grice is only a fifty three percent owned anyway. Uh, uh, Laner still somehow they were available. Be my heavy mention was going to be the New York Islanders goalies, just because they're not getting the respect still that they deserve. Uh, another guy, I think uh, maybe a Yaroslav Halak, yeah. somebody you can get cheap. Uh, because Rask has played so well lately. Uh, but they've got 10 games during the playoff schedule. Uh, 
even the Blackhawks, all of a sudden, they start, they're starting to look pretty good. I think Colin Delia is a guy who gets extremely cheap. I'm just thinking of guys you can trade for that are really, there. really cheap. Yeah, uh, I, I right think in, in that vein, like Ben Bishop, he's still hurt right now, so yeah. you might be able to get someone in a pinch and they, uh, to move him for slightly less. You don't just playing well, but they also tie for the most games with 11 uh, during the three playoffs. If you can yeah. get John Gibson but, for pennies right yeah. now, I would do it yeah. for like your last goal. Mm-hmm. I, like League-wide, goalies have seen their numbers dip this year, and Bishop's been one guy who's really uh, put together a really solid year, 920 save percentage so i think he's really worth going after at this point mm-hmm. uh and like i said like i you know I- injuries like n- no one ever minds trading injured guy even if it doesn't look like no. come back soon i'm sure whoever has him really values bishop highly but i just think you can get him a little bit cheaper now than you could in a week or so uh i think it's also worth mentioning first week of the playoffs the vegas golden knights only team in the league that played just two games so if you're somebody that's leaning heavily on mark andre Fleury, that first week of the playoffs might be difficult for you so uh i would look Adding a goaltender. Oh, sorry. The uh, the Kings also only played two games, but I'm sure you're not leaning heavily on Jonathan Quick. But Flurry might be somebody that you know a, a team is just really relying on right now. So I would look to try to add somebody uh, if that's you, somebody that's you know pretty capable. Because that first week you got to get through the first week to win the championship, and Flurry's only playing twice, he could be in trouble. So. Uh, a lot of guys out there that are really cheap if you really want to spend the bank. Lundqvist, uh, I think, is a, a worthy pick, too, just because, uh, you know, he's, he's still going to play three out of four games. Like, they're trying to get Georgiev in more, obviously, just to rest him. Uh, but the Rangers have looked really well. good lately. Could make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, you know, I, I see them even potentially keeping Zuccarello into that deadline. Obviously, they went out and released that big statement about wanting to rebuild. Yeah. So, doesn't look totally likely, but I could see it happening. Uh, but yeah, right now the Rangers are playing really well. They've done really well at five and five this season, and Lundqvist has been solid. Uh, not quite as good as he was last year, but still uh, very good and uh, certainly worth owning. You just got to be smart with playing him. You can't play him against the very best yeah. teams unless they're on the back to back, like we saw Sunday against the Leafs. But yeah. And uh, final question there, Beeps. Final question. Sorry, I'm a little, I'm a little distracted watching my honestly favorite goalie of all time, Michael Lee <laughs> Favorite goalie of all time <laughs> I've ever watched. You say that with 30 seconds. Pa- Patrick Wall was my goalie, but I never really got to see him. I, I honestly, I watched like probably half of this kid's junior games and wins, and he's oh, oh, phenomenal. Frank, oh, first stop of his career. Right that's not, I don't know. Pavelski just came in pretty much Big. wide open on the wing, and he Garbage. might have missed the net, might have hit his glove. All-time leader wins for the Spitfires. All, I'm pretty sure he's like one off the all-time shutout, if not has the all-time shutout. Um, record for the whole OHL. Yeah. Absolute stud. Anyways, question 11. They just scored. <laughs> just got scored on. Timo Meyer. Show loves him. <laughs> Great pickup. Final question. <laughs> Final question for fan of the, friend of the show at Mickelson's. They ask uh, thoughts about Carolina's goalie situation, especially Peter Mrazek. What should we expect for the rest of the season? Peter Mrazek getting a shutout on the weekend? Uh, it's hard to Came really know nowhere. what to make of the Hurricanes goaltending situation because terrible. they're just going to continue to ride the hot hand. So you basically just have to hope the guy that you have is the hot hand at that given time. Uh, but Carolina's top 10 in the NHL, limiting scoring chances against. Uh, however, they're bottom third in the NHL in terms of high danger scoring chances against. Uh, so I guess you could kind of just assume that they're... Uh, Fairly average defensive team, which is fine. Uh, that said, I think Mrazic, McElhaney as well, but he, he kind of asked about Mrazic, is good enough uh, to keep the Canes in the game. Uh, and, and if they continue to have success scoring like they have been lately, uh, we constantly talk about how this team just struggles to score goals, uh, even though they dominate puck possession. That suddenly kind of turned, seemingly like right when they added Nino. Uh, they're scoring goals right now, so if, if you know you're putting up four goals in front of Morazic, I think he's good enough to get you 
uh, some wins. Uh, I think that McElhaney and Mrazic, depending if who's playing at the you know that given time right now, it is Mrazic more often than not, um, is capable of posting fantasy number two netminder numbers, and he's probably your number three, maybe number four netminder. So uh, you know they're just going to continue to ride the hot hand, and hopefully the one that you own is, ends up being the is hot the hand. One but for uh, it, it, you know, there's no real you can't really project what's going to happen. Scott there. Darling. Yeah, definitely not Scott. He's putting up an That's that's the one the thing NHL. we can guarantee. Scott Darling has an eight eighty six save percentage. He's lost the starting job in the NHL. That's not cool. ideal. Um, but that's it for today. From all our questions, um, that's it. Yeah. That's it. That that closes. That's, the book. That ends episode four se- or season four, episode twenty three of the Daily Face Up podcast. <laughs> Hope it. you guys enjoyed another show. Um, you know, I know Beebs is shook. His Favorite goalie of all time already gave up a goal right. on like the hey, first shot. So remember when people uh, said he was too small, he might not never make, might never make it. Boom, he made it. Played a game for, at, at least 20. for one game. <laughs> He's twenty years old. But uh, does he call it? yeah, I love it. Join the GFO pod, or join the GFO podcast DraftKings contest tomorrow's five dollar entry. Uh, if you've never played DraftKings before, uh, it's a good contest to start because it's the best one of the, some of the best odds you're gonna find uh, in, in a tournament on DraftKings. So. Uh, join it for five bucks. Got a chance at winning uh, fifty bucks uh, tomorrow. So join it. Uh, compete against us. Uh, Beams won't win, so you know it's basically only competing against thirty-eight other people. So uh, hope you guys enjoy the show. We'll see you guys back here next week. He's all my winnings, really. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.